and Frank. And Frank may have been just 13 when she began her diary, but she went on to become an internationally acclaimed author, penning the most famous document of the Holocaust. Over 30 million copies sold worldwide in over 70 languages and every year more than a million people visit the building where Anne hid during the Holocaust. So how did Anne's diary go from a pile of papers in a ransacked attic to the global phenomenon that became a symbol of the 6 million Jewish people murdered during the Holocaust. We look at the extraordinary story of Anne Frank and her diary. She writes, I don't think of all the misery, but of the beauty that still remains. Anne Frank was a German Jewish teenager born 12th June 1929 in Frankfurt, Germany. Her family moved to Amsterdam in the Netherlands when she was five. They were forced to go into hiding in Nazi-occupied Amsterdam during the Holocaust of World War II and received a red and white checkered diary as a gift on her 13th birthday and began recording entries on 13 June 1942. She originally planned to use the diary as a place to write down her innermost thoughts and observations about her friends, family and school. However, it soon became an incredible record of the Holocaust as Anne and her family, her father Otto, mother Edith and older sister Margot went into hiding less than a month after she received the diary on 6 July 1942. Annelies Marie Anne Frank, 12 June 1929 to February or March 1945, was a German-born Jewish girl who wrote while in hiding with her family and four friends in Amsterdam during the German occupation of the Netherlands in World War II. Her family had moved to Amsterdam after the Nazis in power in Germany, but were trapped when the Nazi occupation extended into the Netherlands. As persecutions against the Jewish population increased, the family went into hiding in July 1942 in hidden rooms in her father Otto Frank's office building. After two years in hiding, the group was betrayed and transported to the concentration camp system where Anne died of typhus in Bergen-Belsen within days of her sister Margot Frank. Her father Otto, the only survivor of the group, returned to Amsterdam after the war ended to find that her diary had been saved. Convinced that it was a unique record, he took action to have it published in English under the name The Diary of a Young Girl. 
The diary was given to Anne Frank for her 13th birthday and chronicles the event of her life from 12 June 1942 until its final entry of 1st August 1944. It was eventually translated from its original Dutch into many languages and became one of the world's most widely read books. There have also been several films, television and theatrical productions and even an opera based on the diary described as the work of a mature and insightful mind. The diary provides an intimate examination of daily life under Nazi occupation and Frank has become one of the most renowned and disgust of the Holocaust victims. What was Anne thinking when she started writing her diary? Let's read and find out. Writing in a diary is a really strange experience for someone like me. Not only because I have never written anything before, but also because it seems to me that later on, neither I nor anyone will be interested in the musings of a 13-year-old schoolgirl. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. I feel like writing and I have an even greater need to get all kinds of things off my chest. Paper has more patience than people. I thought of this saying on one of those days when I was feeling a little depressed and was sitting at home with my chin in my hands, bored and listless, wondering whether to stay in or go out. I finally stayed where I was, brooding. Yes, paper does have more patience. And since I am not planning to let anyone else read this stiff-backed notebook grandly referred to as a diary. Unless I should ever find a real friend, it probably won't make a bit of difference. Now I am back to the point that prompted me to keep a diary in the first place. I don't have a friend. Let me put it more clearly. Since no one will believe that a 13-year-old girl is completely alone in the world. And I am not. I have loving parents and a 16-year-old sister. And there are about 30 people I can call friends. I have a family, loving aunts and a good home. No, on the surface, I seem to have everything except one true friend. All I think about when I am with my friends is having a good time. I can't bring myself to talk about anything but ordinary everyday things. We don't seem to be able to get any closer. And that's the problem. Maybe it's my own fault that we don't confide in each other in any case. That's just how things are. And unfortunately, they are not liable to change. This is why I started writing the diary. 
to enhance the image of this long-awaited friend in my imagination. I don't want to jot down the facts in this diary the way most people would do. But I want the diary to be my friend. And I am going to call my friend Kitty. In this segment, Anne talks about her childhood, her parents, her grandmother and about her school. Since no one would understand a word of my stories to Kitty, if I were to plunge right in, I'd better provide a brief sketch of my life, much as I dislike doing so. My father, the most adorable father I've seen, didn't marry my mother until he was 36 and she was 25. My sister Margot was born in Frankfurt in Germany in 1926. I was born on 12 June 1929. I lived in Frankfurt until I was four. My father immigrated to Holland in 1933. My mother, Edith Hollander Frank, went with him to Holland in September while Margot and I were sent to Aachen to stay with our grandmother. Margot went to Holland in December and I followed in February when I was plunked down on the table as a birthday present for Margot. I started right away at the Montessori Nursery School. I stayed there until I was six, at which time I started in the first form. In the sixth form, my teacher was Mrs. Cupris, the headmistress. At the end of the year, we were both in tears as we said a heartbreaking farewell. In the summer of 1941, Grandma fell ill and had to have an operation. So my birthday passed with little celebration. Grandma died in January 1942. No one knows how Often I think of her and still love her. This birthday celebration in 1942 was intended to make up for the other and grandmother's candle was lit among the rest. The four of us are still doing well and that brings me to the present date of 28 June 1942 and the solemn dedication of my diary. Anne Frank was extremely talkative and often pulled up by her math teacher, Mr. Keezing, for talking incessantly in the math class. She had creative excuses for talking and Mr. Keezing at the same time had creative ways of punishing Anne Frank for talking in the class. Does this remind you of the time when you were punished by your teacher for talking in the class? What was your excuse? And what was the punishment that you were given for talking? Let's go through the diary entry of Anne Frank to find out how she dealt with her punishment. Dearest Kitty, our entire class is quaking in its boots. The reason, of course, is the forthcoming meeting in which the teachers decide who will move up to the next class and who will be kept back. Half the class is making bets. GN and I 
laugh ourselves silly at the two boys behind us, CN and Jackwiz, who have staked their entire holiday savings on their bet. From morning to night it is, you're going to pass. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Even G's pleading glances and my angry outbursts can't calm them down. If you ask me, there are so many dummies that about a quarter of the class should be kept back. But teachers are the most unpredictable creatures on earth. Oh my God. I am not so worried about my girlfriends and myself. We'll make it. The only subject I am not sure about is maths. Anyway, all we can do is wait. Until then, we keep telling ourselves not to lose heart. I get along pretty well with all my teachers. There are nine of them, seven men and two women. Mr. Keezing, the old foggy who teaches maths, was annoyed with me for ages because I talked so much. After several warnings, he assigned me extra homework, an essay on the subject, a chatterbox. A chatterbox? What can you write about that? I'd worry about that later, I decided. I jotted down the title in my notebook, tucked it in my bag and tried to keep quiet. That evening, after I had finished the rest of my homework, the note about the essay caught my eye. I began thinking about a subject while chewing the tip of my fountain pen. Anyone could ramble and leave big spaces between the words. But the trick was to come up with convincing arguments to prove the necessity of talking. I thought and thought and suddenly I had an idea. I wrote the three pages Mr. Keezen had assigned me and was satisfied. I argued that talking is a student trait and that I would do my best to keep it under control, but that I would never be able to cure myself of the habit since my mother talked as much as I did, if not more, and that there's not much you can do about inherited traits. Mr. Keezing had a good laugh at my arguments. But when I proceeded to talk my way through the next lesson, he assigned me a second essay. This time it was supposed to be on an incorrigible chatterbox. I handed it in and Mr. Keezing had nothing to complain about for two whole lessons. However, during the third lesson, he finally had enough. And Frank, as punishment for talking in class, write an essay entitled Quack, 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 said Mistress Chatterbox. The class roared. I had to laugh too, though I'd nearly exhausted my ingenuity on the topic of chatterboxes. In fact, she had lost her originality and inventiveness writing so many assignments for Mr. Keezing. It was time to come up with something else. Something original? My friend, San, who's good at poetry, offered to help me with the essay from beginning to end in verse. 
and I jumped for joy. Mr. Keezing was trying to play a joke on me with this ridiculous subject. But I'd make sure the joke was on him. I finished my poem and it was beautiful. It was about a mother duck and a father swan with three baby ducklings who were bitten to death by the father because they quacked too much. Luckily, Mr. Keezing took the joke the right way. He read the poem in the class, adding his own comments and to several other classes as well. Since then, I've been allowed to talk and haven't been assigned any extra homework. On the contrary, Mr. Keezing's always making jokes these days. Yours and extracted from the diary of a young girl with slight adaptations.